Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Tara Strong here, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Transformers. Hey, sorry here. This episode of Transformation Animation Podcast features Stephen C. Phillips, Mike Blanchard, and Michael Wilson. Hello, and welcome to episode three of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jim and Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Good day, sir. And Pecan Court Michael. Hey, how's it going? Not a very enthusiastic greeting, but yeah. Uh, it's we late. just We're came tired. off of recording a one-hour, 48-minute-long Dark of the Moon discussion where the three of us joined with Optimus Solo, the Cybertronian correspondent, uh, talked about Dark of the Moon in depth, our thoughts and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, um, that's what we've been up to. So let's get into some episodes. I like your style. I think we can teach each other a few tricks. If I wasn't about to, you know hand you over to the Decepticons. Step away from the Autobot! Wait, I know you. EMP generator, right? I'm not good with names and faces, but I never forget a trophy. How's the old bucket? (laughs) Still dented? Maybe I should pound the other side and even them out. So first up today is the thrill of the hunt. Ratchet thinks back to the time when he served in the Cybertronian War as a field medic. During the fighting, he was sent to rescue an intelligence agent named R.C. who was injured during the fighting. The intelligence code she possesses could turn the war in the Decepticons' favor. For that reason, Megatron sends the bounty hunter for hire Lockdown to capture her, snagging Ratchet in the process. Back in the present, Lockdown has resurfaced and uses Ratchet's EMP generator to capture Optimus Prime. Recruited by Blitzwing and Lugnut to locate the Autobots who destroyed Megatron, Lockdown is revealed to be just a bounty hunter who doesn't care about the Decepticons' cause and just does it for the upgrades so he, that he can get. Ratchet eventually defeats him, reclaims his EMP generator, and saves Prime and opens up about his experiences to his leader. Well, Kevin should be happy. This one focused pretty much all on the robots. <laughs> I mean, there's virtually no humans in this episode. 
So true. That was a good episode. I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh. When I first saw the car, I was like, ooh, mysterious car. And I liked in, in the flashback that we see an animated version of a war-torn Cybertron. I really enjoyed that. Um, RC, yay! Thank God they didn't make her a tool for the Rodimus Springer War. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. That's all you're going to say. Leave it alone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lockdown is a badass. He has no choice to be a badass because Lance Henriksen is the voice. Yes, that is so awesome. He is awesome. He has the best voice. Uh, he, he talks more quickly than voice actors usually talk, but you know you can kind of give him a pass because he's just so awesome. Yeah. Um, I didn't write the second part of this next note down, but I realized it as I was watching the episode afterwards. When they are fighting Lockdown and his ship and all that stuff, auto guns with Cheetor sound. Was it Cheetor sound? It was the Cheetor guns. I swear to God, I'll have to go back and watch it, but I swear to God, it was the Cheetor gun sound. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't specifically listening for it. I, I was, uh, you know, so psyched that Prowl had jumped up, cut one down, and used it to shoot all the other guns. <laughs> I thought that was. I cheered. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty badass. Um, it was. Cr- codes crucial to the war effort. Hmm, interesting. And that's all I'm going to say on that because we know what happens, but Kevin doesn't. So th- that's one of the things I didn't mention to you guys off air. I-, I specifically, I have to try to avoid the spoilers because Kevin will get pissed. And he won't <laughs> listen to the podcast until we finish. <laughs> um, and my final note... Uh, is it just me, or did I hear a bit of G1-esque music at the very end of this one? Kind of like a G1 outro, type, like the, the first, the the main Generation 1 theme. I could have sworn I heard like a, like a two notes of the outro. I I didn't hear that. Uh, I did like the soundtrack for the episode. Yeah. Uh, they, had a, they had a really nice rock riff uh, that started when Bumblebee started chasing Lockdown. Yep. It sounded pretty cool. I mean, it... it it was. It's not Batman Beyond, but it's it's still pretty cool for a uh, cartoon soundtrack. Yeah. Oh wow! I just noticed none of my notes. Bumblebee must be getting better for me because none of my notes include Bumblebee as being a dick again. <laughs> well, he didn't take center stage in this one. That's true too. I was going to say, of course, this is a ratchet centric episode, yeah. so. And there was no sorry, so normally you've got Bumblebee and Sorry doing their own thing. But uh, she wasn't at this at all. It kind of leaves you to wonder where they were and what were they doing during this episode. (laughs) Dude, she's she's like eight. (laughs) Wait until like season three before the bow chicka wow wow. I left uh, a line, uh, like, oh, no, Bumblebee was in this, because in the beginning he said, what crawled up your tailpipe? Yeah, he, he what, but what I'm saying is, as you said, it's not a Bumblebee-centric episode, so it, you know, his yeah. dickishness didn't really overpower it. Yeah, yeah. But I did like the Ratchet flashback, uh, and that they called him Field Tech Ratchet, uh, and he had both of his uh, his horns. 
Yeah, that was kind of cool. I like that. I like that his voice was was uh, toned down. It was much less gruff and old sounding. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, you know a testament to the voice actor that he's able to go from rawr, 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 to more of a normal sounding voice. Do well, that again. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't do voices. I hope Yamo's not anywhere near you because you sound like a dog when you do that. Oh, he's sleeping over here. He, <laughs> yeah, won't, he won't go Burton. with that without five feet away from me, but he he's still asleep. Corey but, Burton uh, has a very, very wide range. I mean, just look at Ratchet compared to Megatron. Very wide range Corey Burton has. Right, right. The uh uh I, I don't wanna say that it, there was a, a a love interest here, but there was definitely something between Ratchet and RC. Oh yeah, yeah, you could see that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it may have just been you know way back when when Ratchet had a good bedside manner. You know, he was you know f- more friendly. But this looked like it was a little more than just friendly. It looked like he was hitting on her, which you know you really shouldn't do to your patients. You know, despite how cute they are. <laughs> well, she's pink. She had you know it's it's, it's inferred. No, there there was more of an emotional attachment here rather than um, I want to you know I want to suck your robot juices out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going down me. that path this time. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we gotta have some sort of crude humor. I mean, no, it's not no. it's not as dark as at this you know, time. It's not as dark as Barney and Megatron, but. Uh, but there, there's a lot of cute scenes here, like uh, Ratchet, you know, when he first finds her, she's like, I can't feel my leg. It's because her leg is gone. You know? <laughs> and he, and he, and, and, as dark as this could be, right, as, as they could have made it, he actually touches their leg and it's like, and he says, oh, well, you're in shock. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he got shocked. It's I, like stating I, the obvious here. I know. I thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, because he shocked her. That that's funny. But uh, another Bumblebee quote where he tells Ratchet that <laughs> you freeze up like a crankcase in December. <laughs> There's a lot of car-related humor here. Oh uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to the car-related humor later as well because i found a car joke with bulkhead uh later in 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 the podcast recording here yeah yeah uh lockdown uh divides and conquers yep you know and it seems like every decepticon so far has no problem whatsoever you know taking apart everyone and he's doing it one at a time he's doing it smart rather Mm-hmm. Where he's separating everybody out, getting them one at a time. Uh, you know, up until Prowl comes along, because Prowl is the only one that can really best him in combat. Yep, that's because Prowl has patience, and everybody else is kind of like, ah, run at him, <laughs> chase him, chase him, and then die. Yeah, and then get the snap beat out of you because he's a better fighter than you are. Lockdown uh, but... is more like a uh, like a seasoned. Uh... It, kind of a cross between a wrestler and Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought I thought of him as a robot predator. That's more you accurate. Know? He's very well with that tat with that tattooed face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that he takes uh, he takes prisoners, or not prisoners, uh, trophies. Yep. 
He takes prisoners too, if necessary. But no, more to the point, he takes trophies. He's actually gonna, you know, polish your skull and put it on his mantle. He'll take your good parts and fix himself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's he's uh, like Hannibal. Oh God! Oh, you talk about my robot juices being horrible for this. That's bad for this show right there. He's oh, not God. eating anybody. He's not. But it's like Buffalo Bill. Ever. They skin people and they put their parts on them. Oh no! It puts the lotion in the basket. Uh, <laughs> God, so, why do you guys have to do this shit? Sorry, sorry. I was so, almost thinking but... he's like Rampage, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, not that Hannibal. <laughs> oh, we're losing Blanchard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so at the end, Ratchet... Ratchet, you know, he's basically traumatized for life by this guy. And then years later, runs into lockdown again and completely freezes up like a crankcase in December. Uh, but in the end, he comes back and he's able to defeat him, you know, mostly due to the fact that uh, Lockdown is relying heavily on that EMP generator and Ratchet is immune to it. But he comes back at the end and saves the day and he manages to rescue Optimus Prime. Uh, and, you know, in the end, what he does serves to redeem himself for what he did to RC during the war. You know, he, at the end, he, well, they explain by the end of the story that he stripped her memory completely uh, in order to keep those secret codes. The, the, you know, uh, I won't spoil it for Kevin, but to keep the secret codes away from the Decepticons, uh, he has to live with that. You know, it's, it's hard on him. And partially, you know, that's why he's a, a gruff, angry old man is because he's got these demons from his past. But he... Uh, serves to redeem himself at least a little bit when he helps to defeat Lockdown. What do you think, Steve? Um, I like the character of Lockdown. Just all around, besides kind of his creepy like hunter feeling that he's got, uh, he's just a badass. I mean, anybody that goes through and picks off his, his prey one by one and just, you know, is not even phased by it. it you've got to be a badass. I mean, he's just, he just keeps going. <laughs> he keeps going and going and going. It's like the Energizer yeah. Transformer. I mean, he just never dies. Yep. And then he ties you down to a table and cuts your arms off. Well, if, if that's what he wants. I mean, if he, you know, he, he's got to figure out which part on you is unique. So he's got to take it with him. He wants your very oh, got... special arm. Yes, he wants your third arm and your EMP generator, so he's going to be shockingly great. But, um... <laughs> uh, yes, that was a little too far. But anyways, um... Yeah, <laughs> I, I like how uh, Ratchet kicks his ass by the end. Yep. It just, it just shows <laughs> that even Ratchet, as old as he is, can still be a badass. He's got a few tricks up his sleeve there. He's like... I'm getting too old for this shit. And he's just like, I'm not taking it anymore. Get off my lawn. Give me back <laughs> my I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Give me back my lawnmower. <laughs> well, I mean, when he can physically pick you, well, I don't say physically, but he uses his electro, uh, the electromagnetic posts or whatever he's got, but he uses them to pick up 
blocked down and throw him into a wall several times and then put a car on top of him forcibly. And then he's like, he, he's like, in a slow moment of the episode, he's like, think, Ratchet, think. It's a ship, not a door. It has an airlock. So at least you have these Transformers guys, at least you have these Autobots using their brains. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, they've they've done that several times here in the series so far, and it's still early on yet. But yep. uh, they 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 think they're thinking to to win as opposed to just using overpowering force, like the Unicron trilogy. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they could have just as easily, you know, thrown bulkhead at the door and <laughs> <laughs> combine Autobots, combine <laughs> bulkhead pants. <laughs> Optimal Tron. Oh. <laughs> Do we have anything else for the thrill of the hunt? Uh it's I, I think it's definitely one of the better episodes we've had so far. Yep. Yeah. And I it gives really some foreshadowing to, to Ratchet and uh things to come. That and it also gives you foreshadowing to Prowl in lockdown, as Michael said, Prowl is the only one to really best him. And that will come up later, much, much later. Oh yeah! Shh! Oh. <laughs> Don't say it. Spoiler-free oh, zone. That, oh, it's yeah. That's that, that is one of my favorite episodes too. All right, so we are moving on. Right, transform and roll out in your original vehicle mode. Listen up. We need to approach with extreme caution. He's carrying unstable Destronium. Destronium? Why would a small-time crook want to steal Destronium? You think that's what turned his hair white? White hair in organics is usually a function of age. Age? That's it! Humblebee, what are you doing? Using my head and my thrusters! Slowing down, old man! And now you're going down! Hey! Come back with my payday! You want this thing so bad? Come and get it! So next up is Nanosec. To obtain Destronium to help rebuild his body, Megatron bails a fleet-footed thief named Nino Sexton out of jail and gives him Isaac Sumdak's experimental super speed suit to obtain the Destronium for him. Since the Destronium is highly unstable, it needs to be transported quickly. No more than for 10 minutes, but from, from the research lab to Megatron directly. Meanwhile, to catch up to the villain, Bumblebee experiments with some new rocket boosters. 
but they do more harm than good. Eventually, the Autobots exploit Nanosec's weakness, rapidly accelerating age, and defeat him through teamwork and get rid of the exploding Destronium. Um... <laughs> when they're going to... Like, this episode started for me just like uh, the Angry Archer episode did. Random human criminal running from Bumblebee and Bulkhead. My first note was, we already saw the Ed 209 cop bots. We have the Ed 209B cop bots. Man, these bots are dumb. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, pursue criminal, pursue criminal, whack against wall, whack against. Oh, God, these robots are. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. Uh. Um, <laughs> Bumblebee and Bulkhead are arguing, so Nino decides that he's going to run away, and Bulkhead stupidly uh, uses his wrecking ball on a wooden uh, pier. He goes, you mind? We're talking here. Why does this remind me of the lion in Spider-Man? Shh, mom and dad have to talk. It's the scene where he <laughs> Spider-Man puts webbing over Jay Jonah's mouth because he and uh, he and the Goblin have to talk. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Do you mind? We're talking here. I know <laughs> that's the that's probably the only line I like from Bulkhead so far. Oh, no, he's funny. Uh, during this whole scene, while they're chasing Nino around at the beginning, uh, there's fireworks going off, and it, it makes the scene look cool because you know. Uh, when the pier caves in and Nino's hanging by a, a stick, right? And he's like, help, help. Optimus Prime actually pulls him out. And they frame, you know, Op Nino looking up at Prime and all around him are these fireworks. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is this supposed to be 4th of July? It could be, yeah. Because the next episode takes place in October. Yeah. So it's um... like, how, what, what exactly is the time frame here? <laughs> not that you know, not that anybody knows and or cares, but it's just like yeah. okay, something to think about. You know, n now that you mention about Optimus pulling Nino up and about the uh, about the about the dock being destroyed by Bulkhead, mm -hmm. the first thing I can think of is, oh my god, it's a super shredder because <laughs> the dock collapses when. Shredder becomes oh. super shredder, <laughs> yeah. and the dock collapsed because Bulkhead did something stupid. Uh, have you got your processor up your exhaust port? Oh, I literally, I, 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 I know internet and all that stuff. We use LOL all the time. I literally laughed with that one. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, 
I'm going to jinx myself here and say Bumblebee is slightly less of a dick in this episode so far. Well, he actually ends up heroic by the end. Right, yeah. Um, you know, and again, this is another one of those episodes where he, he started off in the beginning, he's kind of like, oh, I'm going to make dumb decisions, you know? And then yeah. toward the, the middle, he's learning, and at the end, he's learned his lesson, and everybody's the better for it. And TFA he, Bumblebee is the animated version of Sam Witwicky from Dark from the Transformers live action <laughs> movies. They they make him the douchebag of the week, and then they give him all the character development, and then they take it away from him the next episode. They, they take it right back in the next episode. That's right. Uh, Prowl. Okay, this this is what this is what really bugs me, and this is I I can kind of see what Kevin was saying about these being metallic beings and all that in in, in uh, last episode in the episode in episode one. Prowl having his foot on nanosec would crush the human. Yes, I know Prowl has all kinds of control and balance and all that, but as I said, like Kevin said in previous episode, these are metal robots. Damn it, nanosec would be dead. Well, it was the same thing when Prime reached down and, and grabbed Nino as he fell from the from the pier. I'm thinking that would crush every bone in his hand. There's just no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bumblebee, even though he becomes the hero at the end again, he has the worst what the fuck moment in this episode. Mm. Instead of transforming after coming to a complete stop on the train tracks. He just sits there, and then Bulkhead comes in and destroys the train to save the moronic <laughs> robot. He pulls the train back, yeah. Uh, why couldn't he just transform and jump out of the way? That's what I'm saying! <laughs> it's like, wouldn't that have made sense? I mean, honestly, if that was me, I just would have transformed to the last second and dove right past the train. I mean, that would make more sense. I mean, he could have dove past the train and then re-transformed. Yep. I mean, granted, you know, you're supposed to show that Nanosec is faster than he is, but he didn't have to almost die by getting hit by a train. I know. And technically, I'm nuts, bolts, and armored plating with a few special features. I, I just, I love that line from Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nanosec. A human gets Prime off his feet with the cable from his own weapon. Boo! <laughs> when I was watching this, I was thinking, go for the legs. It may be our only chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Optimus Prime is not a, is not an at-at. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just thought that was funny. My final note for this one, I think back when they were out in the galaxy that they had their Cybertronian modes, Bumblebee had a different battle mask. I cannot be sure about this, but uh, I like the one that he uses here in this episode a lot better. Uh, one final thing I will say before I give it to Michael or Steve is, when Bumblebee was coming back down into the atmosphere and he was burning up, I screen capped it because... Oh hey, it's Cliff Jumper because <laughs> he turned bright red. <laughs> I like that he was red, and it, it, I don't consider it a Cliff Jumper homage though, because Cliff Jumper actually shows up. Yeah, I mean he shows up later. I, later. I, I get that, but yeah, but I mean, I mean to someone cool. who has just I mean, seen, who hasn't seen the series, they would have yeah. noticed that as as a Cliff Jumper yeah, reference. Yeah, a red bumblebee is automatically Cliff Jumper. That's right. Uh, in any other continuity, but in this one, Cliff Jumper is a, you know, looks. He actually looks different. 
same alt mode, right? But I mean, they make him look different. He's. he's I don't even think we see Cliff Jumper's alt mode in the series. Uh, only in the toy. Well, right, yeah. He never actually but, tra- most of the time, he's just sitting behind a desk. He doesn't actually. Yeah. Yeah. But that's way, way later. Um, yeah. Any other? Uh, why don't we go to Steve first? Steve doesn't talk too much. What do you got, Steve? I hate anything to do with human villains. <laughs> so does Kevin. I find them extremely annoying. I don't mind Bumblebee whatsoever. I mean, he's not the best character, but I I don't hate him. Uh, Nanosec is probably one of the, I don't know, little bit more intelligent villains to some extent. Uh <laughs> Just in how he looks and is portrayed, uh, Angry Archer and Professor Princess are bullshit. Uh, this nanosec is is not as bad. Uh, uh, one of the things I noticed uh, about the the Decepticons say that Destronium is necessary to build parts of sufficient quality. It's got the word Destron in it. Yeah. That's clearly so a nod to the Japanese name oh, yeah. for Septicon. Yeah, which I found that was quite interesting that they, they did that. Right. Uh, as for <laughs> at Nanosec, I just I did not like him whatsoever. It just I <laughs> And then of course, you know Sari and her stupid key yeah the key she played a minor role in this i mean yeah she was i barely noticed her this time no i liked it when uh she used her key to to uh help bumblebee install his his rocket boosters because you know then when he when he first uses them she's in the driver's seat and her whole face is like (laughs) she's got that rocket propulsion going on and then once they get over that they're like you rock! No, you rock! No, you rock! No, you rock! And, you know, I just thought that was adorable. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she's not she's not annoying or anything. Uh, it, didn't Nanosec? Didn't he get uh, like aged? Yeah that that was the weakness, and Bumblebee figured it out. He has to go as fast as possible to where Nino or nanosec has to um <clears throat> has to go faster but as nanosec uses the suit the suit ages him so that's how he he, he died of ageism <laughs> or not died he didn't die but he died. got weakened from from ageism <laughs> he just so he's almost like Simpson. well he's almost like how they used that uh flash from uh the justice league movie alternate yeah. the alternate earth uh yeah they they made him Price go so fast. Forth. Yeah, he he went so <laughs> fast. He he became extremely old and just died. Yeah, uh, but it also reminds me of Vulture from Spider Man. Yeah, the, yeah, Vulture. For, well, well, it's Vulture was, was 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 initially old though, and then yeah. he used the tablet of time to get young again. So that's kind of yeah, he used his his suit to sap life out of people. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's true. Younger. So this is actually kind of a reverse thing, but it's it's yeah. still kind of weird. <laughs> I, I, I wish it he would have died. 10 years older. 
<laughs> I, I wish Nanosec would have died. That's. <laughs> oh. I I just yeah. Does um, he show up in the uh, the League of Evil Eagle or League of Evil SUV Evil? Society of Ultimate Villainy? Yes, he I does. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. Did you notice yeah, he, he doesn't die then? They use the well, term "big bot" again in this. Yeah. Yeah, I Bumblebee uses it. Oh, I didn't notice it. Yeah. Yep. And they do use it throughout the series. So, Kevin, sorry about your luck, dude. <laughs> he's. I remember the first episode. He's like, I like the reference, but I hope they don't use this again in this series ever. Sorry about your luck. They use it throughout the series. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Steve? Um, no, other than I don't like this episode. It should burn in a fire. Other than the only significant plot device was Bumblebee got jets and Megatron is scrounging up materials for his body. Yes. Right. What about you, Michael? What did you not like or like about the nanosec episode? Uh, you know, I think that any human enemy they're going to introduce after Meltdown is just going to pale in comparison. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I like that I like his name, Nino Sexton, uh, and it, it sounds kind of like Nanosec, but it isn't until he actually robs a bank and and the bank teller says the money disappeared in a nanosec, and Nino's like, hey, I like that, uh, you know, arguably lame, might be lame, I don't know, I I I kind of enjoyed it, uh, I think. Again, this is our, this is targeted toward children. They're probably gonna, you know, giggle over it more than than we will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's creepy. Don't do that again. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, Megatron speaks. We get, uh, you know, Megatron talks, and he says, he uh, "Don't." Last episode too. Yeah, but I mean, he actually comes out and says, "Don't tell my Autobot friends." He says, I don't want them to see me in this weakened state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're keeping up the charade. Yeah, so far, right. The facade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bumblebee gets his booster rockets. And, you know, I like this because the rockets were on the toy. Yeah. I, I, I think those are cool. And they work in both robot mode and vehicle mode on the toy, too. So they finally uh, give you a prop that's actually usable. Exactly. And the question becomes, is, are the rockets a gift from Sumdak, or did Sari just steal them? Sari just does whatever the hell she wants to do, just like she's like in, in the beginning. You guys need a place to stay. Here's this abandoned auto factory that my dad doesn't even know that he has. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, and that you know leads me at the end where you've got... Uh, I'm jumping way ahead of all my other notes here, but you've got uh, Sumdak and Megatron just kicking back and having a beer, and he says, I wonder how that criminal got my you know, super speed suit. Mm. And you know, Megatron's like, I believe it was an inside job. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's funny, but you know, the first thing Sumdak should have said is, that fucking sorry's been in my lab again. <laughs> She's just, she just runs off with anything that's not nailed down. I, you know, Someone's gonna have to spank her and just tell her. Daddy, no. spank! <laughs> Don't spank me, Daddy. Stop. <laughs> but no, I mean, oh, swiper, no swiping. Oh God. 
Come here, sorry. We must thank you with my Roboro drone. Come here, Megatron. You must spank my girl. <laughs> with my big hand. Yeah. You know what's funny too is uh, we were we were talking about parallels between you know the first Transformers movie and this and uh, I think in the last episode we were we were talking about the uh, the Cosmic Cube or uh, the the AllSpark yeah uh, being analogous an analogous 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 to the he said Aglet A G L E T I forget how the song goes now, damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Phineas and Ferb reference, sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, so there's, there's that, and then there's uh, um, completely lost my train of thought. Oh, God. I Something see. about the AllSpark and the I, comparisons between the movie and this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I lost it. Uh, you threw out a Phineas and Ferb reference and completely <laughs> derailed my mind. <laughs> All right, move on. All right, and move right along there. Yeah, so I like the uh, uh, Megatron, uh, the way he uses the high speed uh, pulse messaging. So that yeah, like, that was cool. Yeah, Nanosec is running really fast, and he sees this giant Megatron head in front of him, and it's not like a dismantled Megatron head. It's Megatron. Yeah, which I thought ruled. You know. Yeah. Uh, it was a little. Uh, less believable when his face popped up on an ATM. <laughs> I thought that was cool, though. <laughs> it's like, first of all, here, let me send over, you know, Sumdax bank account numbers. You know? Well, and, again, it goes to my point earlier in, in the last episode of the podcast. Megatron is tied into his system. Think of Megatron as the brainiac of Transformers Animated. He can do anything. Yeah, except build a body. Except build a body. He needs the key to do that. Well, (laughs) we got a few more episodes before we get to that. Right. So so, so he's lacking the uh, the the Destronium, the the Destron metal. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The uh, the parallel to the movie was uh, when Old Man Whitwicky finds Megatron in the Arctic. It's his head and the hand. That he falls into, and now in some decks lab, you've got Megatron's head and Megatron's hand. Uh, yeah, that was a, a really roundabout way to get to that particular point. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, um, I like the prowls trying to teach Bumblebee patience. You know, he's very he's very zen, uh, and then he turns on his holographic writer. Yeah. That's cool. I like that, you know? And I like the What's fact cool, that... What makes it cool is he, the holographic writer turns to Bumblebee and says, happy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The fact that the when, when Prowl talks, the, the, the cop moves his mouth, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think that's cool. Um, they made a reference to I-94 that goes, yep. goes through Detroit. It's funny, because I take I-94 to work. So. <laughs> funny Midwest reference there. Yeah. Uh, Bumblebee. Uh, I don't know if he said this before or not, but he the Bumblebeeisms pop out in this episode. He says, uh, "I'm the fastest thing on wheels." Yeah. Has he said that before? I don't think so. And the other one is uh, he says, "Let's motor." Let's motor. Yeah. I, I like. I I don't mind let's motor, but it, I've said it before, and I'm probably going to say it again in future episodes. The problem. 
with Bumblebee is the ego. I, I just don't like the ego. Um, but I, I really do like Let's Motor. That's a good saying. <laughs> I like that. Let's Motor in Motown. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Detroit. Ah, exactly. You're, you're killing me. What? It, oh, it was no, right there. It's funny. That's funny. Um, Anything else on NanoSec? Uh, Fire Guts Bumblebee. That's a Japanese yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah anytime, a, anytime a character turns red, uh, they repaint him in, in red translucent pa- plastic and call him Fire Guts. Yep. So, Fire Guts Bumblebee. Uh, I'm kind of glad that we didn't get a straight red you know, Bumblebee repaint because that would end up being uh, Cliff Jumper later on. Yeah, I, I like Cliff Jumper a lot better than I would like a red Bumblebee. But they uh, only made they only made Activators Cliff Jumper, didn't they? They didn't make like a deluxe Cliff Jumper. Uh, no, I think you're right. Yeah, they just but but I mean he had a different head. Right. Well, I mean normally the only the the it, only it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When I can, the only one I can compare is War for Cybertron. You know, Bumblebee Cliff Jumper War for Cybertron. It's the same body, but the Cliff Jumper has a different head. Um, right. All right. Exactly. Well, they mm-hmm. did the same thing with the Seeker Jets too. I mean, sometimes you'll get a Seeker repaint in an Activator size, and sometimes you get a Seeker repaint in a Voyager size. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they they kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the repaint I'd like to see is when he turns gray at the end, because I thought he died. <laughs> yeah. You know, he turned. He, they said, "Oh, we're gonna need your electromagnetism to slow him down, and you know, I'm gonna use my foam to cool him down." And when he hits the ground, he's gray. And we know from the pilot that when you turn gray, you're dead. Well, no, but now the, here's a difference, though. Bumblebee didn't hit the ground. He Ratchet's magnetism kind of brought him down gently. And yeah, the whole yeah. the whole gray thing was from burning up. It, burning up in the atmosphere. It's burn marks, but it's gray because of what Optimus did with his fire extinguisher dealy thingamajig. Right, right. So he didn't die because well, when he landed, his eyes were still open. Yeah, his eyes were still blue. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't fade out. You know? If the eyes aren't gray, he's not dead. <laughs> well, he <laughs> closed his eyes. He has to close his eyes and then die. But uh, but no, he was he he was up and walking and talking pretty soon afterwards. So hey, that's cool. But no, a gray bumblebee repaint would have been awesome. Uh, yeah. I would I'd take that even as a like a knockoff or bootleg. 
Oh yeah. I think that would be neat. And uh at the end, you know, he he walks home. So he's learned his <laughs> yeah. lesson. He's he's like, I'm the fastest thing on wheels, watch me now, you know, and well at the end he's like, I think I think I'll just walk if that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, lesson learned. How long that'll last, I don't know, but yeah, uh, not very long. So with that, we're going to be moving on. <laughs> I know all your moves this. Pure textbook Audubon Academy. Do I know you? I know how easily you forget your friends. Although you managed to remember Sentinel that day. Alita One? It's Black Arachnia now. But I thought you were... If either of you had bothered to search for me, you would have seen what happened. I tried to use my downloading power on the spiders, but I ended up infecting myself with their organic venom. I became something else. Not Autobot. Not organic. I was nothing but a freak! Your organic hat must have masked your energy signature. Had I known, I would have... What? Brought me back to Cybertron to be dismantled and examined on some lab table? So, you allied yourself with the Decepticons instead. At least I know where I stand with them. And finally up today is Along Came a Spider. It's Halloween, and Sari introduces the Autobots to Earth's custom and candy traditions. However, the entire affair brings up bad memories for Optimus, who is haunted by the ghosts of his past, specifically when he and his fellow bots, the cocky and arrogant Sentinel Prime, and power-mimicking Elita One, were looking for a crashed Decepticon ship loaded with Energon cubes. When Sari takes Bumblebee and Bulkhead trick-or-treating, the spider-like Decepticon Black Arachnia formerly Alita One, shows up and targets Sari's key. She wants the key to get rid of her organic half that she got when she was on the organic planet infested with the giant spiders. The spider's venom somehow mutated her Cybertronian systems, making her a freak. After seeing how Sari's key can heal Autobots, she wants to use it to purge her organic half. However, her body can't survive without her, her organic half. Now, as a result of using the key, she nearly kills off all organic matter in the entire city, which includes herself and Sari. Optimus gets the key away from her, and Black Arachnia escapes alone once again. Uh, I love Prime's analysis of Halloween. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, oh, God. Um... <laughs> So it's just dressing up and bribing people for this, in you know, sugary confection type. I don't know. It's one of the quotes in the episode. So, <laughs> okay. just his his simple minded, not not really that Optimus Prime is simple minded, but just his the way that they're introducing the the the, the humans, the way they're introducing the robots to Earth and in humanity. Yeah, I find it really we. I find it really good because they don't. The Autobots don't get it. The Transformers just don't get it quite. Yeah. 
They think of <laughs> everything it's, literally. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like going back to like the first couple episodes when Prime first meets Sarah, and he's like, "How do you get those smaller organics?" <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's even worse. It's like, you know, what's baby food? It's like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. is it food actually made out of babies? <laughs> and they see everything, and it's a, it's a literal explanation. Yeah, kind of takes the wonder out of it. So wait, Optimus wanted to do the the right and responsible thing of leaving the planet, yet Sentinel wanted to find the inner Johnny goodness. What the fuck? I I, I don't want to say that this is out of character for him. It probably isn't, but my point is is that in the first part of the flashback, Optimus is trying to be the responsible one. And in the second part of the flashback, when they've already left Elita, Optimus is like, oh, well, we have to go because the planet's going to explode or something's going to happen. Blah, yeah, blah, all the Energon was about to go up. And they didn't yeah, want to the Energon was about to go up. And Sentinel's like, no, we have to go back for her. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I liked seeing Prime's Cybertron mode again. Uh, I, th- I thought that was cool. Yeah. And I... I, I, I yeah, I liked Alita one. Uh, I mean, I liked seeing her. She wasn't, you know, the leader of the Fembots here at this point. She's still young and she has a ponytail, which I yeah. thought was kind of funny. Uh, but no, it was a nice flashback scene. I, I, I'm wondering if they're overusing flashbacks at this point because we just had <laughs> Ratchet flashbacks and now we've got Prime flashbacks. But, but it really serves to to push the story along. Yeah, it does. Uh, I, again, a LOL moment. Sari's costume and impression of Optimus is priceless. It just is. <laughs> I don't talk like that. <laughs> I, I like I like Bumblebee's reaction. Eek! It's big, black, lots of legs. Ah, real monsters. Even though he doesn't he doesn't say ah, real monsters. I added that in. Uh, Bumblebee as a vampire and walking all over Bulkhead's fumigation tent costume is kind of cool. <laughs> I, I like the vampire uh, costume. I'm really surprised that somebody, you know, like Unicron.com or the Lucas Brothers or something, uh, didn't come up with like a costume for him so that you could put fangs, like stickers or fang stickers or uh, a cape on him to make him look like his Halloween costume. Yeah, I totally would have bought that. Yeah, so basically, Alita One's power is a Transformers version of Rogue from the X Men. I was so gonna say that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that that's uh, that's basically what she does. She absorbs people's power. Um, Now. I gotta warn Kevin because this might be a little bit of spoiler. I'm not doing this intentionally, but you might want to skip ahead a few moments here. Don't so instead of Optimus and Alita being an item, Sentinel has feelings for Alita. Well, this being new continuity and all, why the slag knot? And when I first wrote that note and I said why the slag knot, the first thing I thought of was, okay, you have Slipknot, a hardcore rock band. The Transformers band of that would be called Slag Knot. How is that spoilery? Because later, oh god, later down the line, we find out that Sentinel was the one that had feelings for her. 
we know that because in the beginning of the episode when we first meet him, uh, Sentinel has his arm around her. But uh, it's clear that Alita One is Sentinel's girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. And that's and that's what makes it that much harder for Sentinel to say, "Okay, fine, let's go." Prime says we got to leave, and Sentinel's like, "No, I'm staying. I got to go get her." It's, it's yeah. his girlfriend. He's not just going to leave her behind. Yeah. Cyber Venom. Yay, a Beast Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's where uh, you, you mentioned about uh, Lockdown being a muscle car. Here, here's where the other car reference comes in. When Sari is trying to reactivate Bulkhead, it sounds like a car trying to turn over. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. And my final note was Spider-Bot has ninja-like moves when she was basically facing off with Optimus. She was she was putting some karate on his ass. Well, that she basically says, you know, I can anticipate every move you make. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're basically I learned them all too at the same time you did. Yeah. And as if all of the uh I want to say the power duplication, the the the, the rogue power uh that she that Black Arachnia shows off by that point. It doesn't beat you over the head enough to say, hey, stupid, this is actually Alita 1. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, she finally comes out and says, all right, dumbass, I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm yeah. Alita 1. Yeah. You know, I mean, I figured it out long before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Steve? What do you got for Along Came a Spider? Alrighty. Um, well, to start out, I think that the Halloween again another useless attempt at something kiddish again this falls in the category of Twister yeah one episode ago it was 4th of July so yeah and now it's Halloween yeah my my how time flies in the Transformers animated universe (laughs) yeah um I thought it was kind of interesting to see Elita and Sentinel in this episode. Yeah. Uh, especially because when you see Elita in the flashback, you realize that is Black Arachnia. Yeah, I, I knew immediately. You can tell was... by the outline, the design, and some of the coloring. You can't make that assumption because it's like, well, of course there are other female robots. And it's not just her. She's not the only one. Uh, okay. The, the reason why I made the assumption is is because in the pilot movie, Black Arachnia in Shadow talks to Blitzwing and Lugnut. So I heard Cree Summer's voice. Yeah. And then you have Cree Summer voicing Elita oh, One again. Boy. Yeah. So it's like you know, it, do the it math. doesn't. It doesn't really come across up until uh, Optimus and Alita One end up in the Decepticon ship, and they're they're like, "Oh wow, there is a lot of energon here." And right next to the energon is a helmet, and it's the same helmet that Black Arachnia later wears. Oh, see, I didn't catch that. I caught, I knew it was going to be Black Arachnia at that moment because of all the spiders around them. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Kree Summer. Has uh, yeah, I, I love her voice acting. By the way, everything she does is awesome. Yep. But she has done other voices 
for the series. She did, uh, I want to say she did Teletran. I think and, that was Tara Strong, but I, I'll have to go back and look. I, I, I want to say it was Chris Summer who did the uh, who did the voice for Teletran. But no, I, I, you know, I like her and everything she's in. Uh, but when I saw that helmet, that's what sealed it. It was like, no, clearly Alita 1 is, you know... And by the end of the show, they actually beat you over the head with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still a cool point, though. It's neat. Uh, I like how they, they take a Beast Wars reference and they tie it into a G1 reference. Yeah. I I, I like how they kind of showed her backstory and why she's so hateful of Autobots. Yeah. Well, I mean, she basically considers herself a freak. It's like uh, Beast Machines Megatron. It's like, I hate my beast mode. Yep. Exactly. Anything else, Steve? No, that's it. Well then, I'll rant for a bit. Uh, (laughs) You think it's funny that Bulkhead looks like Pigpen in his giant fumigation tent? <laughs> He's just walking I, around kicking up dust. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. Oh, it was yeah, it was it was very Snoopy for me. Thought that was hilarious. Uh, I like uh, Sari's costume. I was calling her Sorry Miss Prime. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. I I thought it was funny that Prime is afraid of spiders, and you know, in the beginning of the episode, it's like, man, what a giant wuss! He's afraid of spiders, right? Uh, and it's weird that he's a robot. You know, when, when could he have possibly uh, been exposed to a, spiders that would make him this afraid of spiders? And then they get into the the whole spider planet thing. But yeah. uh, you know, he basically makes the call. Uh, to leave Alita behind. And, you know, he has to live with that. It's not something that that really plagues him uh, the way that uh, the loss of RC plagues Ratchet. You know, clearly he's not not old and gruff yet, right? Right. The Sentinel, you know, well, we'll meet him later on again, but Sentinel just will hate him forever for this. He will never forgive him for this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, to the point where, you know, Sentinel carries around, you know, uh, uh, anti-organic bug spray wherever he goes. (laughs) It's it's just weird how it all ties together. Agreed. Uh, Black Arachnia, uh, they, 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 I don't want to say they go out of her way to make her flirty, right? But towards the end, you know, when she's fighting Prime, she's very flirty with him. Uh, you know, and sex appeal doesn't negate the fact that you just tornado transformed. <laughs> and she did. It's like, hey, that's that's not cool. All right, you know, I thought we already, you know, we we already uh, stated flatly that we're not going to tornado transform. Everyone's got their own stock footage already. Uh, you can't do that. That's not that's not kosher. But she does it anyway. Um. I like the vampire bite that drains Energon from people. Yeah, I think uh, it was it was very uh, uh, Night Scream. 
Hmm. Beast Machines reference there. Yes. Yeah. That could be in- Yeah. Yeah, it's not as annoying as Night Screams uh, Vampire Drain. You know, it's not as loud and uh, yeah. painful to listen to. Uh, but, you know, basically that's how she walks away in the end. She's completely drained after using Sari's key to try to uh, get rid of her own beast mode. Uh, you know, and she's not going to walk away after this until Prime, you know, big dumb idiot that he is, walks right up to her and says, <laughs> you know, anything I can do for you? Are you okay? And she's like, screw you, buddy, and bites him. Yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah. That's basically that's basically it. But you know, she doesn't kill Prime. She just drains him of his energy and, and then runs off. And uh I don't know. I mean Prime's mistakes in the past have definitely come back to haunt him. Uh and Black Arachnia, you know, who knows, maybe she'll come around someday. Uh, Beast Wars Black Arachnia did. You know, she eventually turned out to be a good guy in the end. There's always yeah, that there, possibility. There yeah. is no silver bolt here, though. Oh, but, well, I want to say somewhere later on, Sentinel meets up with Black Arachnia again and basically goes, can't believe I liked you. you know? I don't remember off the top of my head. And while I'm thinking about it, I did look up on the TF Wiki Tara Strong, Voice Rolls, Transformers Animated, Sorry Sumdak, Teletran 1, Reception Bot, uh, Daniel, Carly, Slowmo, Slipstream, Stryka, Red Alert. So, yes, she did. Tara did voice Teletran 1. Oh, damn. See, I was a much happier person when I thought that was Cree. <laughs> uh, you just ruined my whole day. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think there was enough seasons here for Black Arachne to turn her back around. I think the the last time we we see her, she's uh, you know, busy using the Dinobots as her own personal strike force. Well, that and she's also that's getting into spoilers. Oh, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> it's Michael's fault this time. I almost <laughs> said something else, but it's Michael's fault this time. Oh Blame my him. fault. Yeah, you wouldn't hit a girl, right, sucker? <laughs> you wouldn't hit a bat with glasses, would you? Flop. <laughs> Uh, All right, yeah. so anything else in Along Came a Spider? No, I think we're good. I, I right. like the episode. I I would say that uh, I well, I would say that I, I I didn't enjoy it as much as Thrill of the Hunt, just because you know Lance Henriksen didn't voice Black Arachnia. <laughs> but, that would be uh, a very different show if he did. <laughs> very very different. But no, I I did like it. I. I uh, I really like seeing Black Arachne again, um, you know, and I I I had one more comment, but I'm going to leave it for after Kevin's comments. <laughs> and I'm sure all three of us, Steve included, can agree that out of the three episodes today, Thrill of the Hunt and uh, Along Came a Spider are the best ones. <laughs> yeah. Two out of three ain't bad. We're going to head to some ads. We're going to go to Cybertron after that, and we're going to come back with the outro. Transformation Animation Podcast. We'll be back after these messages. Here's quote number one. Humans call it playing possum. Don't ask me what a possum is. Here's quote number two. 
Didn't you used to be a redhead? And quote number three. So, the purpose of this Halloween is to disguise yourself in order to frighten strangers and extort sugar-infused nuggets. You say that like it's a bad thing. Finally, quote number four. Optimus, Elite One, get your fan belts in gear! Soundwave, jam that transmission! Rumble frenzy, ravage rapid, eject, operation interference. No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show, now co-host, Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out! Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo reporting live from Cybertron, giving you my thoughts from a first-time viewer on these three episodes of Transformers Animated. And we're starting today with The Thrill of the Hunt, written by Andrew Robinson. Um, first off, I would just like to get the nitpicky negative stuff out of the way. Uh, first of all, why is Lockdown a muscle car also on Cybertron? Shouldn't he be in some type of Cybertronian mode? And why does he look like the ICP version of Decepticon? And hopefully people know what I mean by that. Um, okay, I get Optimus Prime is young, and fine, he can have the gay, young-sounding voice. That's fine. But can he please stop being a pansy, for the love of God? The only other nitpicky thing about this episode is I hate the backgrounds during fight scenes when it goes all hyperdrive-esque background colors and lot diagonal lines and stuff. Why can't the fight scenes have the regular background? But again, that's nitpicky. Um, let's get to the good stuff about this episode. First of all, I like the Transformer sounding horn on Bumblebee right at the beginning. That was a nice little touch. Susan Blue as RC. Come on, it doesn't get any better than that. And I don't know if anybody else caught this, but I swear that was a Hector Ramirez homage um, with the news reporter, the guy that used to do all the news reporting on the Sunbow series like G.I. Joe and G1 and etc. I swear it looked like him. So if, if that was their intention that was awesome uh i love ratchet's character in this one i love the development we're getting in ratchet's character i love the little broken uh his broken piece eyebrow light thing <laughs> i like to call it an eyebrow and and how they actually even explain it in this episode how he got it it took me a long time through this episode until i realized why the episode wasn't annoying me and why i was enjoying it so much 
That's right, no humans. Um, yay! Anyways, I know it's been done a couple times here with the person that uh, gathers trophies, kind of best known probably General Grievous as he as he collected all the different lightsabers, and that's basically what Lockdown's doing. That's what we'll see later in Transformers Prime with Arachnid. But uh, they did it right in this episode, so I'm not going to complain about it. This was a solid episode. I haven't looked ahead to see who writes all the future episodes, but I hope Andrew Robinson does more. Thrill of the Hunt, 8 out of 10, best episode of the series so far. And next we talk about Nanosec, and every time I see Marty Eisenberg as the writer, I don't know what to expect so far. He is all over the place. And this one, well, let's just do it quick, short, and sweet here. I reiterate my point from before. The look of the humans in this series is terrible. Triangular chins. Yes, that's pathetic and lazy. Uh, Distronium, give me a break. Is it just me, or is Optimus Prime like a never-ending PSA? Talking about insurance. I mean, I feel like we're watching the PSAs of the old 80s cartoons at the end. That's every time Optimus speaks. Uh, the dude's name's Nano Sexton. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I don't want to talk about this episode anymore. I can sum it up by giving it a 1 out of 10. This episode sucked balls. Let's move on to something a little bit better, which is the next episode, Along Came a Spider, also written by Marty Eisenberg, which proves my point that he is all over the place with his writing. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Um, We're finally, it's episode 9, we're finally getting some Optimus Prime character development. About damn time. Um, So Black Arachne is the female version of Lockdown? I mean, I... (laughs) Seriously, guys, that was two episodes ago, and we're already reusing somebody, a bad character that's collecting trophies or or, or gathering stuff from old people. Uh, I know it's not exactly the same, but it seems like we're reusing that a little bit. But so far, they've done it right both times. It just seems weird that just two episodes, we kind of did the same thing. My biggest nitpick of this episode is probably the whole Halloween backstory with the humans and everything. That's kind of gay, but... uh, Oh, wait, Grant Hill said I shouldn't say that. Um... But I guess it goes along with the whole spider black arachnia theme, so so we'll let it slide. The Alita One black arachnia angle is clever as hell. Um, the whole organic harkens back to Beast Wars thing. I was worried that I thought it was going to be trying too much to be like Beast Wars, but I think it just kind of straddled the line perfectly. Um, and, it, and it was clever. You know, you couldn't have necessarily expected that or seen that coming so i'll give them credit for coming up with an original unique idea and not just recycling stories that we've already seen before also i meant to mention this before back in the first episode i was talking about today but the first episode in this episode when they're doing flashbacks just proves how stupid it was in the very first episode of the entire series that they actually used g1 uh style footage because now we had a flashback in the very first episode that flashback to G1 style, and now we've had two flashbacks that look completely animated style. I'm fine with the animated style flashbacks. It's just another reason why they should have never used that G1 footage in the first episode. But uh, just wanted to point that out. And the main reason I like this episode is because it has so far the single best line I've heard in Transformers Animated when Sari says about her key, quote, maybe I should give this key a rest, unquote. Hell, yes you should. Um, Honestly, I would have given this one a 7 out of 10 until at the very last scene they made Black Arachnia cry. Um, 
they had her crying, yes. So we're knocking this one from a 7 out of 10 down to a 6 out of 10. So those are my thoughts on these three episodes. We'll see where it goes from here. And now back to the crew on Earth. Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. We are back here on Earth, and thank you to Kevin for his Cybertronian correspondence. Uh, as far as his thoughts go, really quick, uh, as far as Phil the Hunt, leave Optimus alone, you solo bastard. Just leave him alone, damn it. Uh, no humans. Ha <laughs> uh, Michael, any, any uh, response for Thrill of the Hunt to Kevin? Uh, not especially on the, the first episode. I mean, I, I think uh, everybody enjoyed that one. Steve, um, um, yeah, I, I am glad there's yeah the no human thing, and then yeah, leave Prime alone. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. And then as far as nanosec, we kind of already explained this, and I explained this to Kevin off air after I received his uh, his clip. Uh, Nino Sexton was the guy's name, and then someone said he had moved in a nanosec. Um, right. As far as along came a spider, uh, 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 what? Up. What nanosec? Comments on nanosec. Oh, okay, Steve, anything? No. Okay. That's why I moved on. Well, I got two here. The first thing is that uh, uh, Kevin was complaining about the hyperspeed lines uh, during action scenes, right? And basically, the the speed lines during action scenes uh, replace the background in uh, in anime. This is like an anime staple. And it, you know, suffice to say, it's supposed to be that way. Uh, just because uh, we we mentioned this before is that the show is taking a uh, more of an anime-centric design. So yeah, I mean, it it could be lame, especially with a series like this where the the backgrounds are so nice. Yeah. Uh, but you know, basically that's how it's supposed to be. And no, secondly, like uh, Destronium. We talked about this earlier. Destronium is a play on uh, the word Destron which is the Japanese uh, uh, name for Decepticon. Yeah. Uh, it's not It's not something stupid like Avatar's Unobtainium. Uh. Yeah. And again, it's, it's clever. It's not, it's not a cop-out in the writing at all. Yes. Uh, moving on to the last episode notes for Along Came a Spider. Steve, anything? Steve? Steve. No, nothing. <laughs> I'll have to make you sure either I either lost him or he fell asleep again. No, he's no it was, I muted my mic. Oh, okay. Okay. I do that sometimes. Yeah. Michael, anything on along came a spider? Yes. Uh, first of all, Black Arachnia is not a female lockdown. Uh, she's able to temporarily duplicate the signature powers of other robots. Uh, Alita One had this power earlier. And and so does Black Arachnia. This is why they beat you over the head with the fact that the same person. Uh, she doesn't take trophies like Lockdown does. Uh, she's just using that same power, like like Rogue. Yeah. Uh, and and secondly, uh, I liked Black Arachnia crying at the end. Um, honestly, you know she's been through a lot, and she has just met up and got saved by the guy who did this to her. For all intents and purposes, you know, yep. she needed a good cry. <laughs> Anyone yes. needs a good cry. <laughs> um, now, Kevin did go into detail with me off air about what his point was about the two similarities between Black Arachne and Lockdown. 
Um, basically, what he's saying is he doesn't like the two character points having kind of the same power thing within so many episodes in between. Like it's like one episode in between the two that use this type of power. Yes, Lockdown and Black Arachnia, it's different, but it's still to a first time watcher, it could be considered similar. Um, as far as Alita One, Black Arachnia's power. Um, I actually did some research because I wanted to know if they were doing Transformers Animated Alita as a G1 homage. I mean, I know the name and I know all that, but I looked this up and I wrote this down. I copied it off a of wiki. Uh, G1 Alita 1. Desperate Alita triggered her time-stopping power, which allowed her to save Optimus, but expended nearly all her life force doing so. But it kills her, yeah. Right. In animated, you have, in her mutant techno-organic form, she makes use of her newfound cyber venom to paralyze her enemies and combines this with her natural ability to download and mimic other Transformers traits and weaponry for a limited amount of time with a simple touch. Hope nobody told Lockdown. <laughs> well, I think that with her spider powers, right, I think the ability to mimic other powers is just overkill. It makes her too powerful at that point. Yeah, uh, I would have been happier if she just didn't have that power at all. Yeah. I mean, she she's, she could have had, I don't know, a javelin or something, like Lady J out of G.I. Joe. Uh, you know, Prime has his axe, Sentinel Prime has his shield, his... and she has a javelin. And that would have been fine for me. You know, and, and uh, it, it wasn't necessary to the plot. It was, I mean, yeah, she had duplicated Prime or Optimus Prime's uh, grappler. And yep. it, it faded out on her, and she fell to her death, or so they thought. Uh, she could have fell in any way. Uh, a prime could have been holding her in one hand and slipped, and she fell. You know, which would make his guilt even that much more deep. But uh, it wasn't integral to the story. They they don't bring it up again later on, as far mm-hmm. as I, as far as I remember. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, she she could have just relied upon on her spider powers, and that would have been fine. The thing about Alita before she became Black Arachnia, they kept, Optimus kept pointing out, and she kept pointing out, her power does not work on organics. Um, this as far remi- as she knows. Right. Because they've never seen organics before. Right. Well, when, the, when, when that kept being said, that's what actually led me to search out and try to remember what G1 Alita's power was because mm. that's what I thought they were going for. I thought they were going for the time stopper power that just kills her. That's mm. what I thought they were going for here with Alita 1 and animated, but they went a slightly different way. And I don't mind it because it gives you all this character development for Optimus and Sentinel. Right. And yeah, especially Sentinel. It really Later shines on, a light yeah. on where he's coming from when you do meet him. Yeah. When he does become a main character, you, you, you really see uh, just why he's so screwed up in the head. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, why is Sentinel such a dick to Prime? Well, this is why. Yes. So thank you again, Kevin. Keep up the great work, and we hope you are enjoying the series. Thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast. Or so always get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. You can comment on each episode post. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The short name there is TFA Podcast. Mine is TFG1Mike. Michael, what is your Twitter? PCANCTMichael. 
And Steve? SCP-21. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us a show you live in Mr. 4 and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast and wish you'll join us next time. We'll be reviewing four more episodes from Transformers Animated Season 1. Those being Sound and Fury, Lost and Found, Survival of the Fittest, and Headmust. Headmaster, not muster. <laughs> Headmustard. Headmustard. <laughs> For now, I am TFG1 Mike with... Apply directly to the head. Head on, what? apply directly to the head. This is Michael Wilson. And Steve Megatron Phillips. We'll tap you again in two weeks. There will not be an episode next week because Michael is going on vacation. His wife kidnapped him. That's right. And we have to watch four episodes as opposed to three, so it's going to take an extra week to get through that one extra episode. Blah-dee-blah-blah-blah. Transform and roll out.